What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their business for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Madeline D'Angelo, who's a co-founder of Arthena. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on and learn more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company, Arthena, what are you working on? Uh, What are you doing? It's a, I always say it's a little bit of a weird one. Uh, so we're a quantitative research and investment firm for art assets. So basically we have a proprietary database that we've built over a number of years and uh, we use that data and then our different pricing models that we've built to back uh, a bunch of different financial products by art assets. And that goes from anywhere from buy and hold funds to protective puts to European options based pricing products. So this is fascinating. Um, I, I'm actually super interested just in this market on a higher level, and you're like you're like very niche in the in in art. So I guess let's start there. A lot of people listening may think of art as something that you see, consume, like 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 something that that's a creative work, and they may not know kind of the the money behind art or that that as an asset class. Can you kind of describe what's going on on that side for people that may not know about how that stuff works? Well, I think NFTs have made it a lot easier for me to explain what's going on just because, um, you know, you want to diversify. You have a lot of cash that's already based in or a lot of allocation of your portfolio in one asset. So you're looking to diversify your portfolio. And so, you know, people that have too much ETH or have a lot of ETH are now buying NFTs, right, that are backed by ETH. It's kind of the same with the art market. Um, You know, when you get to a certain status of ultra high net worth or a high net worth investor, you know, uh, what we believe is that if you believe that they'll continue to grow in both value and volume, you should believe that they'll continue to look for investments that have inherent scarcity of resource. And, uh, you know, art is one of those investments that has uh, inherent scarcity of resource. And so we're seeing, um, you know, a larger amount of investors start to participate in this market. And with that, you know, there's this used to be a cottage industry, not so much anymore, uh, kind of additional industry that's come up alongside that that's the art and finance uh, industry. That translates at about 14 to $20 billion a year worth of you know, um, products, uh, mostly art lending products, but also guarantees at auction and kind of some other, other products that are art and finance based. Um, and art and finance based meaning traditional financial products that are backed by works of fine art. So what do you, I guess I wanna dive a little deeper into that because I, I think this is fascinating and I wanna make sure like I understand. So you, like, I guess in the whole ecosystem of like, you know, there's people that buy art, there's people, there's this, there's data about art. There is like the, the big institutional funds, like where kind of are you in, in, in the mix? Cause this is like, I feel like you're in like a, you're doing something super interesting. And I just want to like understand, cause I want to like talk, tell people about it. 
Uh, okay, so where are we in the mix? So um, we use our models and our data and then partner with large financial institutions to build out a variety of these products. So one being uh, European-based options pricing, that's auction guarantees. So we buy the risk of likelihood of sale of a work at auction. And we do that with a large New York-based investment bank uh, with a nine-figure facility or line of credit. Uh, because it works on a 30 to 90 day investment cycle. So we really like auction guarantees because unlike other art backed financial products like art funds that you have like a five to 10 year feedback loop to see how you perform because you buy it, you store it, you hold it, and then you sell it and you see how you would have done uh, auction guarantees. You know, the opportunities and the deal cycle is 30 to 90 days. And uh, depending on what your strategy is, and it varies per investor, you could either look to acquire works at auction as a value buy because the guarantees are usually low below the estimate, or you look not to acquire it and get compensated with the fees um, that they would pay you to take on that risk. Um, and so that's one product that we have, uh, a product that we're working on building out right now, which we're really excited about, um, which will looks like probably be about like 1.1 billion in underwriting capacity over the next three years is um, uh, price insurance. Uh, and that's where we're actually, um, and it's not insurance, it's actually a clip. Um, so let me correct that before anyone hears that. Uh, but we're uh, creating these contractual liability policies where we're underwriting the risk of drop in valuation on your work of art. So let's say you buy a work of art, you're looking at it as an asset, or maybe it's an impulse buy. You want to know that because it might be a significant amount of money, right? Like art assets can range for anywhere from $5,000 to $100 million. Um, so that's that could be a large portion of your portfolio. You want to know that you're protecting that investment. Uh, and so you could buy one of these valuation protection policies that would essentially make sure that if your work does lose value as you bring it back to market, that we, you would recoup the difference um, through through us. So we'd pay you the difference. Yeah, this um, is like, like what, a protective put. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. This is like, this is fascinating. I have to ask, like, how'd you even get in, into this? What's the origin story for, for this company? And like, how'd you find yourself into this, this, this awesome situation that you're in with, with, with where you are on the market? Oh gosh. Well, I feel like we're really quiet. So no one really knows what we're doing. Um, and so that's really funny. Like, I think it's always really surprising to people when they're like, wait, you have how much in AUM? Um, but I guess that's the way we like it. I think now that we're having this consumer product that's coming out will be a lot more, um, you know, consumer facing. Uh, how did I find myself doing this? Uh, you know, so uh, I studied finance and history of art in undergrad and then um, uh, museology in graduate school. And I had worked in the art world primarily on the private side, um, mostly um, within museums, working within director's offices and, and managing special projects or uh, as an appraiser uh, and then consulting on a couple of other art and tech companies. And um, I had always wanted to do something in art and finance. Uh, you know, it was an extremely small industry at the time. It's really proliferated over the past, um, I'm almost 34. So over the past like 12 years since I graduated from undergrad, um, you know, it used to be just like a little uh, departments within the private wealth departments of large financial institutions uh, for advisory services or, you know, for uh, borrowing against your art assets to now, you know, a variety of these art based financial products. And, um, you know, I realized that uh, a lot of the clients that I had is a art broker and an appraiser always looked at their investments or as investments, but in reality, you know, a lot of the times that they weren't. And so I wanted to find a way to create a more transparent um, way for accredited investors to participate in the art market and diversify into the art market. And, um, 
you know, it's really funny because everyone always says like, you're helping the little guy. And I'm like, yeah, the guy that makes over 200 K a year has over a million dollars in net worth, not including his primary residence. So, you know, yeah, really little. Um, so, you know, I always laugh when it says I'm democ when we have these old articles that resurface that it's like Madeline's democratizing the R market. I'm like, not so much. Um, but anyhow, uh, we started, uh, with these small buy and hold funds that you could invest through crowdfunding online. Um, and, uh, realized that that didn't have a lot of legs. We had initially wanted it to be like angel list syndicates where, uh, you know, you'd have experts that you could co-invest alongside. And I would literally get calls from art advisors um, at all hours in the night saying, hey, I'm not working with this guy. And it's like, you're not working with anybody. It's a double-sided marketplace. It's like a platform for you to fundraise on. But we had gotten a lot of press and attention through that. And so we started having large financial institutions reach out to us and ask us if we could build, you know, a $200 million fund, $300 million fund that could deploy through the private wealth arm. And we realized that we had absolutely no business at that time doing that because we would want to provide financial analysis that was akin to any other investment that you would be looking at. Or if you were offering this to your client, you had a REIT and a hedge fund that you were looking at. Our fund would also have the same level of analysis and data uh, alongside it. So it could actually stand up to these other investment opportunities. And so we kind of took a step back um, and started building out the quantitative side of the company. Um, and ended up building six different internal proprietary technical products that allow us to gather and just feature table, run an analysis and simulation, and ultimately report on each asset that we're looking at in an automated fashion. And um, from there, uh, we started looking at other products that we could build that would have a shorter investment uh, you know, cycle and uh, allow for a faster feedback loop so we could see how we were performing relatively quickly. Uh, and I guess that's how we find ourselves here today. Along, the time, along that time horizon, we raised a couple of rounds, went through YC, um back in winter 17 uh, which feels like forever ago now and um you know just kind of continued to to build out and diversify into our our different product offerings and i i'm curious like as you build this out you're getting crazy traction you're like you're you're in the market i'm so excited about this market because of nfts and everything that you're mentioning just like for what you're doing it's like there's unlimited opportunity here so I guess my question for you is, how do you think about the future? Or I guess, in other words, a more direct question is, what's the big vision uh, for your company? And like, what direction are you rowing in in 5, 10, 15 years? And and also, I guess I'll tack on one other question on top of that. Do you see like NFTs in your future? How do you look at NFTs kind of in the future? Is that relevant to you? Like, not really? I, I, what do you think? Um, all really good questions that we all get asked. We've been asked over the past couple of weeks. Um, so to start with NFTs, I think that well, I guess to start with where we see ourselves in the next five to 10 years. Um, that's what I mean, even though we're in our own, like we have 3000 square feet in Soho and it still sounds like we're outside on the sidewalk. I might as well just pitch a tent downstairs and, uh, you know, save the money on rent um, with the trucks like that going by. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah, I think that, you know, our goal has always been to uh, be akin to an investment bank for art, right? Being able to create a variety of different interesting products for institutions and individuals to be able to participate in that are backed by our data and our uh, pricing. And so I think that, that that's the goal. And as time goes by, uh, we just have a, a plan uh, on different products that we plan on launching out kind of along the way and uh, products that build on top of each other. So like uh, guarantees kind of really fit on top of uh, art funds because they were a product that existed in that market that we put an institutional wrapper around and then put our pricing technology around. Price insurance functions a lot like a private market guarantee, um, but is a contract for valuation protection. And then, you know, there's other insure tech products that we can build on top of that and other things that we can build on top of that that then sit along with that valuation. Um, 
and then you know expand into other things like fractionalized payments or potentially art lending. Uh, and so I think that's just the goal: is keep on building really good things that people want and people like. And then you know as we feel like we're ready to launch the next thing, you know to, to, to kind of do that. Um, and so I think like you know two sigma has always been like my goal. If I could be a company, I would be two sigma, but backed by works of art. Um, and so I think that's the long-term vision for the company. Um, in regard to NFTs, I mean, you can't ignore them, right? They're like everywhere. I can't even tell you how many articles I've had forwarded to me in the past like couple of weeks from like all of our investors. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, kind of going back to what I said, like, you know, uh, a lot of people have a lot of saturation in ETH or have made a lot of money in ETH. And so, you know, NFTs are kind of a natural progression because it's a way for you to diversify that portfolio. I think one way that we would look to do that is to actually back it by physical assets. So people are looking for liquidity. You know, crypto is not a super efficient market. It's relatively inefficient. Like if you want to pull large chunks of capital out of there, it can take time. Um, I certainly know with my portfolio, I'm always waiting for uh, <laughs> to clear out um, kind of some of my crypto for, you know, even a couple of days. And like, imagine if you've got like a hundred million bucks in crypto, uh, which a lot of people have, it could take a while for you to actually get that liquidity. And so I think creating a, uh, an NFT that's backed by a physical asset, but also a, a digital asset could be really interesting because it's a way for you to then have a $20 million work of art that you're buying physically. And then also to be able to liquidate that separately alongside the NFT. So a, a way to pull money out of the market separately. And so I think like we're looking at solutions like that. So what's really interesting that you know hasn't been done yet because I don't think we have any business in making NFTs as an artist. And I think that I'm really interested to see what blue chip and contemporary artists start to do now that they have this really interesting new medium to transact in. And I think like Petra Courtright is one of our favorites. We have one of her works um, and she's releasing an NFT, I think next week. Um, and so that's like a really good contemporary artist um, that isn't, you know, I don't want to be disparaging to anybody, um, but like, you know, someone that transacts in the more traditional art marketplace that's actually creating like a, you know, an NFT. So I'm really excited to see kind of how that works and, you know, what kind of traction she's able to get. I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I think it will uh, kind of inform people, uh, people listening to their thought on NFTs and just how they think about like, how they think about NFTs in general and the diversification and how, what you're doing kind of relates to NFTs or could maybe a little in the future. But my, my next question for you, and, and, and I just have a couple more, is, you know, you have a big mission, a big vision, um, and you're crushing it so far, but you still need some help. Everyone needs help to make a startup work. So my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help you? Are you hiring? Are you raising capital? Are you looking for customers, institutions? You know, how can we assist? Um, yeah, I mean, ABC always be closing. We're always looking to raise capital. So I think, um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> money's on the table, you should take it. Um, and so we're always looking to raise capital for, you know, our products. Um, and there's a variety of them out there. So, um, you know, uh, anyone who's interested in learning more about our different investment products, like, please, you know, reach out and, um, you know, always interested for good partnerships for the company. Uh, you know, we're looking to raise our series B in like the next 18 months. Um, and so obviously it's really important to start forming those relationships at really early days. Um, and then uh, hiring, we're always hiring and we're always looking for good data engineers. Um, and uh, I think that, and data scientists and you know, art market data is inherently dirty and disparate 
and lumpy. And so you're not looking at like this clean, beautiful data set as you're building out models. So we really look for data scientists that have a very strong engineering background um, just because it's really helpful as you're going through and kind of trying to piece together this data. And then for, for my last question, if someone's interested in learning more or working for you or investing or anything like that, how can they find you? Where can they find you online? Do you have a website? Do you have social media? Do you have an email address? How can someone get in touch? We're really bad with social media, except for Instagram, which actually has nothing to do with our company. We just decide to post like really beautiful pictures of art that we enjoy. <laughs> so that's awesome. Like, that's great. You know, that's like, like the best type of, I, I'll be honest. Like, I feel like that's the best time of marketing. Like you don't talk about features and stuff. You just like, it's more of like a feeling or an emotion. Yeah. Well, it's also like, nobody wants to see a bunch of statistics about how the art market's doing. Like on Instagram as you're like circling through, right? It's much nicer to see like an artist that we want to showcase or we enjoy. Um, but you can go to uh, Arthena, A-R-T-H-E-N-A.com. And as always, you can always email founders at Arthena.com and it always goes to the founders. I'm sure that's a pro tip that's been suggested by a bunch of other people on this website. But if you're ever looking to get to the founders, um, you know, it's always just founders at Arthena.com or founders at whatever the domain name is. Cool. Well, I think what you're building is fascinating. I'm super excited to see where it goes. And I just appreciate you coming onto the show and telling us about it. Best of luck building it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And if you ever need any uh, NFT advice, definitely, you know, send us an email. Will do. <laughs>